For months, Memphis Community Against the Pipeline had been hoping the federal government would put an end to the Bihalia crude oil pipeline project by denying the last big permit. So when federal regulators approve that permit in February 2021, it's a gut punch. But MCAP regroups. This permit is not the end for us. Co-founder Justin J. Pearson leads their virtual meetings. We cannot rest just yet because the real fight is right here in Memphis. There are still landowners holding out, he explains. Still city council action to pursue, lawsuits to see through. It's just now we know that the federal government isn't going to help, which means... Power now rests with the people, uh, which we've always believed. So don't stop, Memphis. Let's keep going. Let's take our deep breaths, drink our water, and let's keep marching on. This is Broken Ground, a podcast by the Southern Environmental Law Center. I'm Leanna Furster-Rye, your host. Here at Broken Ground, we dig up environmental stories in the South and introduce you to the people at the heart of them. People like Miss Scotty Fitzgerald, who stood up against the pipeline company and refused to surrender her family land. I was upset about the letters they had written me that were going to take this much of your property and you can never this, that, and uh, and I mean just write me their ownership about it. And so I just told them, no. If you missed her story in our last episode, you missed a lot. So be sure to check it out. In this episode, we see the Bihalia pipeline fight shift. With the approval of both the state and federal permits, it was clear... Neither the Army Corps nor the state were taking responsibility for protecting the city's drinking water source. Attorney Amanda Garcia, director of SELC's Nashville office, remembers the shift this way. Our partners on the ground in Memphis turned to the politicians who are closest to them who also drink the water to try to address that gap. Remember that anti-pipeline resolution MCAP worked on with City Councilman Jeff Warren? The Memphis City Council hereby opposes the Bihalia Connection Pipeline. They opted to delay last time, but it's up for a vote again. And that's not all. In the weeks since they began working together, Councilman Warren and MCAP have also been collaborating with the environmental lawyers at SELC to draw up something with more teeth. An ordinance. Basically a whole new law that would require pipeline companies to get approval from the council before crossing city property, and therefore the aquifer. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you. Let's move! So as it now frequently does, MCAP holds a rally just before the vote. They gather at the National Civil Rights Museum and march a mile and a half to City Hall. Hey y'all, we're back. I'm sorry I had to put you in my pocket. I got a call from somebody at the council's office who was saying uh, they could hear the protest and the marching going on. You can join this meeting on YouTube, City Council Memphis. Outside City Hall, Justin calls into the council committee's Zoom meeting. Council Chairman J.B. Smiley starts with a note of caution, seemingly directed at the ralliers. The Memphis City Council has heard your concerns. We 
hear you loud and clear, but we do not have the power to overturn or tell the federal government what to do. Turn away, the floor is yours. Because they'll be considering a new law, the council has invited the city attorney, Alan Wade, to speak. I have had the pleasure or displeasure of reading a lot about pipelines in the past week. Wade is not an expert on pipelines or energy infrastructure or environmental law, but he is the guy who will have to defend the city if the pipeline company sues. And he's afraid the council is overstepping its authority by inserting itself into the pipeline approval process. And quite frankly, I think the jury is out on the question of what authority that we have. I don't want to get into a knockdown drag out about it. Um, All of this controversy frankly, caught the Memphis City Council off guard. This is SELC attorney George Nolan, who attended many of the city council meetings about the ordinance. The pipeline company was um, making fairly overt remarks, indicating that if it passed such an ordinance, there would be litigation against the city. We got a lot of threatening, you know, sort of bullying tactics, in my opinion. Councilman Jeff Warren. We had a local lawyer that was hired by them that said essentially that they were going to sue us if we did it. It's actually not unprecedented for a pipeline company to sue a city council. Pipeline operator Kinder Morgan sued over a city council ordinance in Kyle, Texas in 2019. The city of South Portland, Maine, just spent six years locked in a legal battle over a pipeline ordinance it passed in 2014. The possibility that the same thing might happen in Memphis made everyone nervous, including Resolution co-sponsor Edmund Ford Sr. Dr. Warren, I appreciate you and uh, Mr. Pearson and all of the rest, but these are legal issues now, and we cannot afford any lawsuits right now. That fear of a lawsuit, along with persistent concerns that any limitations the council put on pipelines could hurt Memphis businesses, leads to months of revisions and negotiations. I'll spare you the details, but these meetings will drag on for nine months in both the city council and county commission. But here, at this virtual meeting in late February, well before anybody knew just how much time this ordinance would consume, the council decides again to postpone their vote. So we'll move on to item number 10. And in one little square on the Zoom screen, you can see Justin outside, megaphone in hand, shaking his head. We'll be back here! The decision to delay is a disappointment, but Justin's not going to frame it that way to the marchers outside City Hall. No more passing the buck That's to right. the federal government. Right. There's no cavalry from the White House about to save us. Right. The delay just means that MCAP now has time to gather more supporters. I'm not a gambling man. Yeah. But if I had to gamble yeah. on by Haley a connection pipeline or Plains All American or Valero Energy Corporation who's suffocating the people in 3A109 or put my money on these people. Yeah. If I, I'd put all my money on you, Justin shouts. We're gonna win! Yeah! We're gonna win!
Up until this point, one major local figure, perhaps the city's most powerful, has been silent about the pipeline. Jim Strickland, Memphis mayor, we never really heard from him. This is MCAP co-founder Kathy Robinson. He eventually made a statement that even though the state and the feds approved the permits, well, if y'all don't do a study, I'm not signing these city permits. Turns out the city had a few street crossing permits of its own to sign off on for the pipeline. Mayor, welcome to Live at Nine. Good to see you as always. Good morning. Good to see you. The mayor tells WREG that he'll require an environmental study before pipeline construction can begin in the city. Believe it or not, despite all of the concerns about the pipeline's potential impact on the aquifer, no environmental study of that impact has been done up to this point. Also, legally, does local government, city government, or county government have the authority to put any roadblock? Kathy Robinson saw the mayor's move as the city finally standing up for itself. You know, the state ain't with us, the feds ain't with us, it's Memphis versus everybody. Memphis versus everybody. Sort of a mantra in a Democratic town that has been repeatedly overruled and undermined by the Republican state legislature in Nashville. Memphis has always felt like that as a city, that the state don't care about us. Just in the last several years, state legislators have tried to overturn local decision-making on all kinds of fronts, like city efforts to decriminalize marijuana or a mandate that police live in the city they serve. Memphis versus everybody. One way Memphians across the city come together is in court, in support of landowners Clyde Robinson and Miss Scotty Fitzgerald. Early on in the process, attorney George Nolan advocates for MCAP to join the eminent domain case. It's called intervening. It was a bold move. Scott Crosby, the attorney representing the landowners pro bono, thought intervening was a long shot. One company wants to take one person's land. How anybody else is interested in that and could intervene successfully, it would be a tall order. If MCAP is allowed to intervene, it would mean that they could keep the case going, even if the landowners drop out. Unlikely, sure, but say Bahalia chooses a different route nowhere near their property, or less likely, it coughs up a million dollars for each of them. If that happens, MCAP could continue fighting Bahalia's right to use eminent domain, not just here, but anywhere in Tennessee. And the icing on the cake? Because MCAP is an organization, not an individual, George and his colleagues at SELC could represent them. So, George says, not surprisingly... The pipeline company did not want the court to let us in the case. Uh, We have a motion to intervene that's been filed by MCAP. Your Honor, MCAP hopes to intervene because... In a virtual hearing with Judge Felicia Corbin Johnson, George makes the case that a crude oil pipeline would change the character of the entire community, not just the properties it crosses. He also argues that Bahalia shouldn't be allowed to use the public power of eminent domain if it's going to exclude public voices. Your Honor, that's wrong, it's unfair, it's hypocritical, and it is contrary. After an hour of oral arguments, the judge rules. MCAP can intervene. And with that win in their pocket, SELC and MCAP get to work. 
At every virtual hearing that follows, community members from neighborhoods across the city join the call, which was a new experience for George Nolan. Different ballpark, different planet. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it in 30 years of practice. Let me just go around as we normally do, let everyone introduce themselves so that we all know who's present today. We would have these status conferences with the judge that you would think ordinarily would be perfunctory things that folks wouldn't want to come watch. And there might be 40 or 50 spectators on the Zoom call. Okay, I'm going to move on to Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe, good morning. And the judge, before she ever let the lawyers talk, would say, I would like everyone who's on the call to identify themselves and just explain why they're here. Good morning, Your Honor. I'm a concerned citizen from South Haven, Mississippi, uh, kind of coming in on the behalf of MCAP. I am a citizen of 3109, and I am here in support of MCAP. Yes, ma'am. I'm just a concerned uh, citizen. and it's just a... So the roll call would take 30 or 40 minutes. It just created an energy in the case that I knew the pipeline company, or I suspected the pipeline company, didn't like. During this winter of 2021, it must be becoming increasingly obvious to the pipeline company that the quick and quiet development process they had hoped for is now a pipe dream. It's no longer just older Black folks in Boxtown pressing for answers in community meetings. It's activists and allies from all over the city, including wealthier, whiter neighborhoods, attending rallies, calling into city council meetings, speaking to reporters. In other words, the Memphis community has come together to fight the pipeline on its own turf. Y'all, it is below freezing here in Memphis, and we are still canvassing. One frigid afternoon that winter, Justin and his brother Keyshawn are out knocking on doors in Boxtown to let residents know about the next city council meeting. We just saw Mike and was uh, uh, giving him some literature. He's totally against it, doesn't want to go anywhere. And Mike was like, I got some for y'all. And look, hand warmers. In the fight against injustice, uh, there are people and angels all around. As they go door to door, there's no doubt that this is hyper-local grassroots advocacy. But then, while the brothers are warming up in their car, it very suddenly becomes clear. This little local fight has sparked something in the national conscience. Oh my God! Oh my Former vice president and high-profile climate activist Al Gore tweets his support for the Bihalia pipeline fight. Vice President Al Gore said this only 30 minutes ago. Building more fossil fuel pipelines is reckless, and many proposed routes are racist. I stand with those opposing Keystone, opposing DAPL, MDP, Line 3, and Bihalia Pipeline! You did it! We're doing it! We're building momentum! And we're going to change the future of this city and the future of this country together. With that momentum behind them, MCAP holds its biggest rally yet. Welcome to the Memphis Community Against the Pipeline Rally with Vice President Al Gore! After tweeting his opposition to Bihalia, Gore gets more involved. 
In mid-March, he arrives in Memphis to speak at a rally in Alonzo Weaver Park. Kizzy Jones is one of the first speakers. The representatives from this oil company stated that this pipeline is being built in the path of least resistance. Wrong. I'm here to tell you, our community is the path of resistance. Okay? This is true grassroots leadership. After more than a dozen local speakers, former Vice President Al Gore, a Tennessean himself, rises to speak. Least resistance? I see a lot of resistance here today. And if this does not suffice to convince the county commission and the city council to make the right decisions, this resistance ain't nothing compared to what they're going to see if they try to keep going with this. And then he delivers the most memorable line of the afternoon. This pipeline project is a reckless, racist ripoff. Reckless, racist ripoff. Remember the three R's. Oh my gosh, the three R's. Oh, I think that made chills. Kizzy is thrilled with Gore's speech. When he got up there and spoke, this racist, reckless ripoff. Oh my gosh. It was like it was right on time. Right on time, because the next day, the city council is once again set to consider their pipeline resolution, as well as that city ordinance that would give them a say in whether and how pipelines are built in Memphis. Councilman Colvett? Yes. Councilwoman Easter Thomas? Yes. Councilman Ford? Yes. Yeah. Aye. Aye. Yes. Aye. 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 All members of the Memphis City Council have signed on to the resolution. The resolution passes, as does the first reading of the ordinance. Two more votes are still needed before the ordinance becomes law. But this is progress. Three days later, another win. Two eyes and nine no's. The Shelby County Commission votes down the sale of the two county-owned properties Commissioner Edmund Ford Jr. was encouraging them to sell to the pipeline company. He's absent for the vote. Good afternoon, everybody. In April, MCAP holds yet another big rally with hundreds of attendees. And let me just say, if it wasn't already clear from the rally with Vice President Gore, these events have evolved. It's been too hard living. I'm not afraid to die. No, no. Lord, I know what's up there. Beyond the sky. After a song by Memphis musician Gerald Richardson, Justin comes to the mic. I am honored and privileged beyond words to be able to introduce the next speaker who is an icon for civil rights. I want to thank you for standing up and showing the nation how to stand up. 
Reverend William J. Barber II, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign, a national economic justice movement, has come to Memphis to support MCAP with a speech that's live-streamed to a national audience. Truth of the matter is, people get sick here, not because God called them home, but because of bad laws and legislation that robs people of their lives. It's a powerful reminder that this is not just a fight to protect the city's drinking water. It's also a fight for environmental justice for the Black communities in Southwest Memphis. They said the reason that they brought the pipeline through South Memphis because it would be a point of least resistance. Well, you woke us up now. Justin is one of a handful of people standing on stage behind the reverend. And you can see the speech has him so energized, he's bouncing up and down on his toes and waving his arms in the air. I couldn't contain my joy. He's so good. It was church. We were having church. It's time for everybody, red, yellow, black and white, whatever your color is, everybody that loves justice, that loves right, that loves people, to say, not here! Not now, not ever, on our watch, glory! Hallelujah. With no certain victory in a fight that was getting a little prolonged, you know? It's good when someone comes and can help to inspire and articulate the clarion call that began as a whisper in Boxtown to a national platform. On the 53rd anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, Ms. Scotty Fitzgerald sings at an MCAP rally to honor him at the former Lorraine Motel. It was here, in 1968, that Dr. King was killed while in town to support the sanitation workers' strike. It's now the National Civil Rights Museum and a frequent backdrop for rallies against by Halia. The location is a reminder of one of the last times the national spotlight shone on environmental racism in Memphis. It's right around this time that national media begins covering the pipeline fight. Critics are calling a proposed pipeline project in Memphis, Tennessee, environmental racism. But the company has defended the project promising the pipeline will meet environmental standards. Legal experts say that disputes like this could last for years, and neither side is backing down. All of this attention must be making the pipeline company nervous, because... Monday, council members received two letters from an attorney on behalf of Plains Pipeline. When city council is once again set to consider the pipeline ordinance at the end of April, they receive a surprising communication from Bahalia asking for a mutual pause. Can 
Can you hear me now? Brad Leone, director of communications at Plains All-American, joins the virtual city council meeting to explain the pause this way. Circumstances with our project have changed and construction of our pipeline is not imminent. They're going to pause their work to consider a reroute, one that would presumably avoid the land owned by Clyde Robinson and Scotty Fitzgerald. With that, we'll be dismissing eminent domain and condemnation proceedings for the time being. In short, we're committed to pausing, and we encourage you to do the same. It's clear that the pipeline company doesn't want the ordinance to pass. Not just because it may jeopardize the pipeline's current route, but any reroutes as well. And it's not just the pipeline reps objecting to the ordinance. The city council's own attorney, Alan Wade, seems no more comfortable with it than he was when the original version was first introduced 10 weeks ago. Y'all can do whatever y'all want, but I'm just telling you there are a lot of problems. Ultimately, the council agrees to a two-month ceasefire, but not before double and triple checking what Bahelio was promising. I just want to make sure that we know what we're voting on. We're voting Councilman Jeff Warren puts the pipeline rep on the spot. They're going to put a pause on their legal lawsuits at this point and not buying future easements. Is that one of those specifics that we're agreeing to? Um, we, as, as I mentioned, we, we, did, uh, we are planning to... to um, the pipeline rep is obviously hesitant to promise that the company won't pursue new properties during the pause. So lots of folks around town are understandably skeptical of their motivation. But when Bahalia's lawyer officially withdraws the eminent domain cases in court the following week... I realized that we had really turned the tables. This big company thought it was just going to run roughshod over the rights of these black landowners in Memphis. And now the pipeline company is saying, wait a minute, uh, we want to get out of court. George knows that the lawsuits against Scotty Fitzgerald and Clyde Robinson could still come back. We said, whoa, 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 not so fast. It's a good thing if the pipeline company wants to drop its condemnation claims against these landowners. We're all for that. Great idea. But here's where the genius of having MCAP intervene in the case really becomes apparent. Our client, Memphis Community Against the Pipeline, we are now suing the pipeline company, asking the judge to tell us whether this company does or does not have the power of eminent domain. We don't want to drop those claims. The judge agrees to continue the case and sets a hearing date for July 9th, three days after the ceasefire is set to end. It's anybody's guess what the pipeline company is doing over the next two months. Are they looking for new ways to pressure city council? Lobbying the state legislature to override the city? Are they digging in? Or, God willing, dipping out? Then, with less than a week to go before the rescheduled hearing on the eminent domain questions, Plains All-American releases an obscure bit of financial news. Ward Archer, founder of Protect Our Aquifer, is one of the first to see it. I got this alert that they had filed a new K-8 form or something. And I said, well, I wonder what this is. He reads it. 
His first reaction? Disbelief. What convinced me it was real was the fact that it was Friday afternoon before the 4th of July. And that's where you plant the bad stuff. broken ground in our final episode this season fireworks in memphis for the fourth of july i'm literally crying on expressway we knew that it was absolutely a crock of crap you know i wanted to say okay what's the catch what's really going on here Broken Ground is a podcast by the Southern Environmental Law Center, one of the nation's most powerful defenders of the environment rooted in the South. It's produced by Emily Richardson-Lorente, Priya Mahadevan, Liana Firstarai, and Jenny Daly, with assistance from Eli Modica and Co. Bragg. Our theme music is by Eric Knutson. Special thanks to Ward Archer, who provided archival audio for this episode. To learn more about SCLC, MCAP, or Protect Our Aquifer, head to brokengroundpodcast.org. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.